0: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Backers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off The Tee, talking all things golf, with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Uh, Yes, indeed. Welcome to Off The Tee for another week and a big week. It's been in the world of golf and no one better to speak to about all the doings afoot in that world than the former world number 16, the only man with the two zip record against the great Tiger Woods. Bit of Tiger news around as well, which we'll get to. Nick Ahern, hello. G'day, Sam. Great to be here again. Plenty of results this week that we can talk about. Uh, And you've organised
1: us a very special guest I have, yes. We've got the man who just won the Australian Senior
0: PGA Championship over the weekend, Richard Green, a fellow left-hander. <laughs> <laughs> How happy uh, were you to see a, a fellow Molly Duca uh, be able to get that win? Uh, it's
1: always great to see the lefties up there, but I've known Richard for a very long time. He's a great bloke, um, you know, one of the most consistent performers over the years and, and one of the best golfers uh, Australia's produced, for sure. So it was an exciting climax last week or last Sunday, um, at the Richmond Golf Club, where they played the tournament, and we'll get to talk to him all about that.
0: Um, when we do, he's had a very good year on the seniors. A couple of wins on the European seniors. Um, won the Jersey Legends, the Wingston Golf Senior Open. So um, it's been very good to him, the Senior Open. He, he won tournaments um, in, in his heyday. He, he won tournaments on the DP World Tour uh, throughout Australia uh, as well. Um, the uh, the Vic Open uh, what am I missing?
1: I think he won an Aussie Masters as well in there. Yes, And he's, well, he's, you know, his first victory on the, Euro- the European tour back then when it was called, but now DP World Tour was in Dubai, the Dubai Desert Classic, where he won in a playoff in 1997 against none other than Greg Norman and Ian Woosnam. So a huge win as a young, as a young player. And he's just turned 50. And as you say, it's almost like he's got a new lease on life right now where He's won twice in Europe this this year, and he's just gone back-to-back on the Australian Legends Tour. He won the New South Wales Senior Open uh, the previous week, and then last week he won the
0: Australian PGA Senior Open. So he's in hot form right now. Not a bad way to bring up your first win on any tour to say that I've beaten two major winners. than <laughs> won a Masters, if I'm not mistaken. Greg won the two British Opens. Um, that's pretty handy <laughs> way oh, to start. It certainly... And the way he did it as well, he... Um, you know, going
1: into the playoff, he certainly was the underdog, but he held a clutch putt for Birdie and and got it done early on the first playoff hole. It was very impressive.
0: Um, do you want to start with the DP World Tour? Because you've got some news uh, yeah, coming sure. out of DP. And again, it's funny how everything sort of ties back to live. And my question to you after you deliver this news is, Is this all coming about because of what Liv has done in the golfing world space? Mm. The floor is yours. Okay, well, I can answer that
1: before or after. But uh, basically, the DP World Tour just announced that they're upping their prize money, the total purse pool for the year. Uh, There's going to be a minimum of 39 events throughout 26 countries, which is about what they do anyway, because they go all over the world. But now they're going to play for a total purse of 144 million dollars, which includes a six million dollar bonus pool for the leading eight players at the end of the year on the tour rankings uh after the dp world tour championship in dubai the other big news that they've announced as well as they've gone down the route of the pga tour here where they're going to provide an earnings assurance program which is much like the pip or the player um, impact program on the pga tour exempt players in Europe from categories 1 through 17 are going to get a guaranteed minimum earnings of 150,000 US dollars if they compete in 15 or more events. and the program will fund any gap between the earnings and that amount of 150k. So basically what it means is for everyone who's playing on the DP World Tour is you're guaranteed that money to help cover expenses, uh, pay for trainers, coaches, caddies, you name it so you can plan your schedule out so much more, in the beginning, and then it's really up to how you play as to whether you keep your card for the year. So it's a, it's another good initiative by the DP world tour following along the same lines that the PGA tour did it. And as you said, this is all basically a result of what it live golf is doing. They're, they're putting more money into world golf and they're making everyone else think about it. And I said early on live golf is a good thing for golf. It's disrupting glo- you know, on the global scale. Now, whether their format is good or not, that's a whole other question. However, for the players, they're loving all this because they're the winners in the end.
0: And and it's not the the top line pros that I think of when I hear things like this. I think about about the guys who have just got their card, Mm. who are thinking, oh, I've achieved my dream, but geez, I'm really going to have to work. I'm going to have to grind it out now. You and I have sort of differed on this because you believe that well, I won't put words in your mouth, but I believe that having that safety net to say you will have a minimum earn. Mm. So in the PGA yeah. it's a half a mil. Um not quite sure what it is on the DP now, but you're gonna have a min you are gonna make money yeah, to cover your expenses. $150,000 on the yeah, European. Sorry, yeah. yeah. And so there you go. You so you can budget on that, you can expense that out, and I think that makes you feel a bit more comfortable with what you're doing. You've mentioned a few times, though, but the, the greatest motivator is <laughs> hunger, so to speak. Yeah. You've well, got to earn to live. so
1: It doesn't take that away, though. That's the thing. It's still performance-based because if you don't perform, if you miss every cut, I'm sorry, you're not going to keep your job for the next year. So everyone starts from scratch on the rankings. They have this fallback, I guess you could say, with this money that they're going to be uh, be given to provide them help with expenses and everything because that, that really is a... A high cost for a lot of the players is, you know, on a weekly basis. You're spending around the five thousand dollar mark in expenses for hotels, airfares, caddies, and so on. Uh, depending on, you know, if you if you live the life or if you do it on a budget, basically. So, having that there as a security blanket, I guess, is a good thing. However, it still does go on performance. And if you don't play well, you miss the cut. Well, you're obviously minimizing your earnings in that sense. And some other news, you know, this week on the DP World Tour was they just had the second stage of qualifying school. So every year to get on the DP World Tour, same as the PGA Tour in the US, same here in Australia. You have to go through a qualifying school if you are not exempt. Now, there's three stages. They just finished the second stage. From the Aussies, there were some good results for four players. Hayden Hopewell, the amateur from WA, he advances to the final stage next week, which is going to be in Spain. Uh, also, West Australian Jared Felton, he got through... Uh, he recently played well in the WAP, uh, W open championship. Um, Kyle Michelle is another one. He, uh, he got through, he's a local Melbournean and also someone who, you know, I've, I've got a real soft spot cause, uh, I've been helping him a little bit with his game over the years. Jordan Zunik got through as well. He actually had to go for a three for one playoff to qualify to get through. So he finished on the last number, but then he had two other guys to, to beat in a playoff. He parred the first playoff hole and got through to the final stage. So great result for Jordan. And they were all around the place, weren't they? Uh, in golf courses all over Spain. Yeah, four different four different locations because you know at each venue there was you know around eighty guys, and they're all playing for about I think twenty twenty five spots, something like that. So I mean, to give you a good example, I saw Mike Clayton tweeted out earlier. Elvis Smiley shot thirteen under for this in in this second stage, and he missed by two. So he's uh,
0: that's insane.
1: Yeah. In the, in the first round, uh, first stage, sorry, he shot about 13 or 14 under, got through. Second stage, he shoots another 13, 14 under. You don't get through. So for two stages, you've shot 26 under par and all of a sudden you're not even getting your your professional card. That's how tough pro golf and making a living out of it is at the moment.
0: Uh, and and so the good news is though, that when those guys do qualify, there is a minimum now, 150, as you've said, uh, if they get onto the DP. So one more stage to go for them, one more stage to go if they get there. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the player I was thinking off the top of my head at the start was Harrison Endicott, who we sort of followed along through him qualifying through Corn Ferry and now is, is, is plugging away. Missed the cut, um, at WWT championship in Mayakoba. Now that would have stung a lot more, I'd imagine, um, in your day, back in your day. <laughs> back in my day, yeah, we would have forked out uh, all that money. But now, yeah. obviously, he's he's getting that. He's got a safety net. He's got
1: the earnings assurance program over there. So, yeah, he's getting 500 grand at the start of the year to help pay for his expenses. Yeah. So, But, again, if you don't play well enough, you're not going to keep your job for next year. You've got to go back True. to Corn Ferry and and, and away, you know, in that sense, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and so for all that we can debate about live right or wrong and this and that, it has really, got the other two are sharpening the pencil. Absolutely. It is yeah. they have opened the checkbook, wallet, whatever you want to mm. whatever you want to call it, it has forced them into a higher level um and to becoming much more generous. It certainly has, and they're continuing to, you know, announce, well, we're
1: gonna have more players coming as well. That was the last thing I heard Greg Norman say the other day. Well we're targeting seven, seven. more players. Yeah. A couple of names which have been thrown about of late. And we're talking top 10 players in the world are Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay. Yes. Now that's a big two names right there because they're good mates. And I I heard the other day that if they go, if one goes and the other doesn't, they're going to be paid X amount of money. So if Xander goes, he'll get this amount of money. But if they both go, then they both get more money if they come as a pair. So (laughs) there's a bit of incentive there. That's so clever.
0: I mean, hey, again. Mm. Whether you like it or don't like it, you cannot argue that it is smart. It is. Uh, yeah. It's like uh, the, the Brisbane Lions recruiting policy at the moment in the <laughs> AFL. Just get mates from the country, make them come together. They want to, want to leave each other. But Cantlay, number four in the world, Xander Showflay is number six in the world currently. Yeah. That's as big a blow. If they get him, they'll have three of the top six players in the world because Cameron Smith is Cameron number Smith, three at yeah. the moment. Yeah, exactly. But, and it's also that's, you know, President's Cup, that's Ryder Cup, that's. Mm it's huge it is massive but again there's all this little back and
1: forth going on because a little oh. while ago we spoke about the new TGL which is the um oh what was it it was Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy putting together, yes. together this Monday night golf league basically i'm trying to remember what the t might be the tiger golf league i can't remember what the t stands for but he's he's they've just announced funnily enough just after um you know the LIV's final event they've just announced all these new investors
0: that they've got this as, is as part mental. Of it. Have you seen the names? Oh, I've got it in front of me. <laughs> Go got on. It. Serena Williams. Steph Curry. Lewis Hamilton. Um, Josh Allen, the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, who my Jets mm. uh, beat this week, yeah. by the way. That's Andy Murray, cool. he was in there. Larry Fitzgerald, NFL Hall of Famer. Justin Timberlake. J- JT. <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah. I mean, that's very impressive. Mm. This is going to be the half... Um, I suppose half golf, half simulator style under lights and music and it's going to be rock and roll sort of golf Absolutely. but plugging into the gaming world and the virtual world and the real world of golf and bringing all that together in yep. what I can i got to say, I can't wait to see it.
1: Talk about a smart move. I mean, the biggest sports in the U S mm. at the moment is this e-gaming market where people go into stadiums yeah. and watch people play video games on big screens. I mean, there's, it is there's massive. a comedy on uh, Paramount plus.
0: It's it? worth, it. if you want to get a hand, it's a, it's a mockumentary, okay. but it, but it is quite realistic in how big that world is. The millions of dollars that they, they're rock stars in their own world. Um, it is well worth a watch because you get an idea of what they're trying to tap into and it's well worth tapping into it. Wow. Yeah. That's uh it's an
1: amazing thing that, and it's again, their answer to the, I guess the newer crowd that they're trying to bring into the golf scene This mm. louder at, you know, as Liv calls it, we're, we're louder and, and all that sort of style of golf. So, they're not saying, look, this is golf. It, it certainly isn't. It's going to be exhibition golf. It's going to be on a screen, a simulator. We're going to see a lot of Tiger Woods because realistically, are we going to see him play the PGA Tour anymore? Highly unlikely. He may, majors. May, yeah. He may play a few events, the majors, but if he's going to play anything else, he's going to have to be in a golf cart the way his leg is at the moment. Mm. So so this allows him to just be front and center. And you're going to see with him especially, he'll be calling names and things like that.
0: And well, I think I, I don't, I've probably told you the story before, before we get to the break. With all those investors, just have a think about that. So if you, you would have done this. Have you ever been to Madison Square Garden to mm-hmm. watch the Knicks? Okay. When you go to Madison Square Garden to watch the Knicks, it's like, going to the, the, it's like going to, I don't know what they call the stadium in LA now, but to watch the Lakers. Part of half of the excitement is not just who's on the court, but who's surrounding the court. Yeah. So, you know, whether it's Jack Nicholson at the Lakers or Spike Lee or the fact that when I was there, Jerry Seinfeld was there. I think Kanye West was there. Um, The the cast of Entourage were there when Entourage was still massive. Um, uh, Samuel Jackson, I think, was there as well. And then the house DJ for the night, the house DJ, was Grandmaster Flash. Oh, really? On a Wednesday (laughs) night. Like, it was insane. It's the who's who. This is what I'm thinking this is going to be. You're going to go to this thing and you're going to see, you know, Steph Curry, Serena Williams, and, and all those elite athletes, uh, Lewis Hamilton, and then Justin Timberlake's going to open up the night with a song. So that's sort of what's going to, the, the vibe of it. I, think be, it.
1: I think it could work.
0: <laughs> oh, I think it'll definitely work. Yeah. And um, just quickly, the, the match looks like it's going to be back to another event-style well, a feature event style um, setup. Where how does this work?
1: So four players. You're going to have two against two. The last one, unfortunately, was we bought, they were all footballers. You had Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers played Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in Vegas. So it's basically a best ball. This one, we've got we've got the dream mm. four ball that we're after. We've got Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy playing against none other than Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. That's going to be something to watch.
0: I oh, know they've done it, yeah, before with Brady and Manning and, and they tap into that, Steph Curry and uh, I can't remember who the other basketball was. It, it, it's it's great viewing. Yeah, they've had a pro
1: and a, and a celebrity before, but yeah. now and they've gone the whole celebrities and now they're going all pros. So yeah. this is going to be fun.
0: Uh tell you what's fun off the tee. Uh, Sam Hargraves, Nick Ahern with you. Um, we've still got Richard Green to come. We'll go through the results all around the world and how the Aussies have fared. And all thanks to Ping Golf. Uh, equipment so you can play your best. The Ping Golf tip of the week. The Ping Golf play your best tip of the week from Nick Ahern's book, How to Play Your Best Golf. And, of course, our feature course of the week, thanks to Big Swing Golf. That's all still to come on Off the Tee. You're listening to Off the Tea with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off the Tea podcast. Uh, welcome back to Off the Tea. Uh, not too far away from being joined by the man that just won. Uh, The 2022 uh, Australian PGA Seniors Championship. Richard Green will be our special guest. But uh, some other results uh, making news around the golfing world. Nick Ahern and uh, how our Aussies have gone in them. Should we start with the uh, most recent PGA? It's a strange little time for the PGA at the moment as most of the what we would call the big names have a little bit of a breather and that gives others an opportunity. Uh, The WWT Championship at Maya Koba a man that hasn't won in a while. twenty seventeen, wasn't it? Since this man last one?
1: It's been about five years for Russell Henley. He's a he's a very solid player out there. I mean, he's a 33 three 33-year-old from Georgia and has had his card over there for about 10, 11 years, won several times. Now, interestingly with him, he has had a fifty-four hole lead five times and never converted. So going into this final yeah. round, he had a six shot lead. So if he doesn't close this one out, we're going to have some serious demons coming down the stretch, but he played beautifully. He actually had his first bogey of the week on the fifth hole. He hadn't made a bogey in three days, but he made a bogey, birdied the next three, and then he ended up having a nice, comfortable four-shot win over Brian Harmon. And world number two, Scotty Scheffler, was there as well. So it wasn't, you know, one of those smaller events. Yeah, He was there and he shot a final round, uh, six, un- uh, sorry, 62, nine under par, which, uh, Made him tied for third. Out of the Aussies, the best was Jason Day. Closed with a 66 to finish tied 21st. And unfortunately, Aaron Baddeley and Harrison Endicott, our man, they both missed the cut. But um, that was the PGA Tour. It's part of their fall series as they go. As Then uh, on the Asian Tour, they had these uh, what's called the International Series, which is kind of a stepping stone to some of the live events, I believe. That was in Rabat, Morocco. And Thailand's now this is a name we I might struggle with, Thailand's Jazz Janawatananund. How's that? Janowatanund? There, there we go. Oh.
0: Janowatanund. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty close. Janowatanand.
1: Janowatanund. Jazz Jananondovan. <laughs> yeah. He's Asia's number one player, basically. He yep. fired a, a final round 67, but it was his first win in three years. He won by a stroke from Canada's Richard Lee. There was a number of Aussies playing here because they're all wanting to play this international series, get some money to be able to play live, because this is a stepping stone for there. Best of the Aussies was Scott Hend, tied 14th, and Todd Sinnott. They were both finishing tied for 14th. Sam Brazzle tied 19th. Kevin Wan, uh, 28th. Um, uh, Travis Smythe, 37th. And Brett Rumford made a, an unusual appearance over there, 58th, as did Wade Ormsby, tied 61st. So the next event for them is a $1.5 million event in Egypt as part of this international series as well. Um, the other thing going on as well, we we had the Harrison Crow the men's winner, on the Asia-Pacific amateur in Thailand the previous week that we had the women's version of it as well. Best of the Aussies in that regard was Justice Bosio, who finished in tied 19th, and Kelsey Bennett had a real good chance. She she fired, I think, the opening round lead, uh, had shot a 67 in the opening round, but uh, she ended up finishing tied for 21st. So uh, a lot of good experience for the young Aussie amateurs and still doing very, very well over there. Janith Wong, who is a, a local... Uh, plays out of the Metropolitan Golf Club here, but she represented Malaysia in this event. She finished tied for 18th. So a good solid result for Janith.
0: Uh, now, what's next on the Australian uh, summer schedule? Uh, as I'm just having a quick look at the PGA, uh, 10th and 13th of November, Cadence Bank, Houston Open, then the RSM Classic, and then the Hero World Challenge. But the Australian summer? Australian summer. we got the
1: Vic PGA coming up next week at down at Moona, Moona Links. Uh, so you were playing down there
0: the other day, having a little look around, a little... Oh, I Sticky was down. At,
1: I was down at the national on on the Moona course on the national. This one is at the uh, Muir Links. At Moona links. I yes. love that course. Yes. So they play the Vic PGA on the Legends course, and then the final two rounds on the Open course, which is uh, typically a pro-am format. I believe the first few days. So, yeah, be commentating that one. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, one result I did forget was the LPGA tour. They played in Japan. Uh, Minji Lee had a real good chance to overtake Lydia Ko on the Player of the Year rankings, but unfortunately didn't play as well as she would have liked, finishing tied for 36th. And Scotland's Gemma Dryberg had her first LPGA Tour win. I always love to mention those first LPGA Tour
0: winners. or any, When anyone gets their first win, it's huge. Uh, I just want to play a little bit of audio. Hmm. Because uh, just to jump back as we do sometimes, just some little live bits and pieces, so one of the criticisms of Live Golf this year has been the guaranteed money that the golfers get, that they get this, and then they get whatever they can win throughout. Then there was conjecture about, well, do they actually win anything once they've got that front-up <laughs> payment, uh, upfront payment, because there was the court documents that suggested maybe some didn't, uh, and uh, we've sort of moved past all that. Bubba Watson was doing an interview um, after the, the Live Golf um, finale, the, the team's event, and, and spoke to that. And this is what he had to say. It makes me
1: laugh because on the PJ tour I got paid behind closed doors to show up at tournaments, mini tournaments. And if Bubba Watson's not the best, that means the best were getting paid better than me and more than me. And um so it's guaranteed money. I miss the cut, I still make money. I make the cut, I make extra money. And so, you know, when i I'd laugh at that because we were all had some guaranteed money to show up at places. Um win, lose, quit, whatever it is, you still got the money. Um so We've all been doing that. We've all been playing uh, for guaranteed money. Um, and uh, so the critics, it just makes me laugh because that's what we're doing. You know, We don't want to talk about it on tour, but we are getting it. It makes me laugh.
0: Uh, so uh, almost twice from the two-time Masters champion Bubba Watson to hear himself speak about himself in the third person would have been just as enjoyable and humorous the second time around. Uh, what did you make of those comments? Not surprising, and Bubba does like to
1: talk in the third person, which is kind of kind of funny. But you used to live near him, didn't you? Uh, yeah, he even lived around the corner with me at Arlworth there, and he he was an interesting character. But <laughs> I won't uh, continue on that route. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, he's correct that that's basically the way you know to get the number one players in the world. I mean, when Luke Donald, for example, was number one in the world, and he was playing events. He would go to a dinner or something like that. And yeah, I mean, to go to that dinner, they would pay him a certain amount of money. And he knew going into the week, well, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be guaranteed this amount to sort of show up at the tournament. And all the, it happens on the European tour as well. It's just another name for appearance money, basically. Um, so Bubba's just saying, as he does in the third person, that if Bubba's not the best, well, then other players
0: probably getting paid a lot more than what I used to as well. So uh, it happens everywhere. By the way, uh, in a statement to ESPN on Wednesday after that uh, went to air, the PGA Tour said it prohibits the payment of appearance money to players as an in, uh, as an inducement to play in the particular tournament. Bubba did say it was behind closed doors, this though. He said, we are aware that certain tournament sponsors may, con- uh, may contact with a player to perform a sponsor-related activity during the tournament yeah. week for which they receive nominal compensation. This is permissible under our guidelines. Yeah,
1: so basically you... You go to a dinner that they arrange, and and as
0: a, a speaker of on the
1: night, you you get uh, compensated for your efforts. Put it that way. <laughs>
0: now questions for Nick Ahern next week. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, how many guest speaking dinners uh, did you go to? Not 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 too many in the PGA <laughs> tour, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, when we come back, uh, the man that just won the uh, the PGA uh, Senior Masters uh, just this weekend gone. Uh, Nick Ahern, Uh, By the way, I'm going to play some audio on the other side of the break. Uh, Just locked in, in commentary, uh, reading it brilliantly. Uh, We'll do that and speak to Richard Green on the other side of this on Off The Tee. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Okay, Richard Green.
1: I've got a feeling he might chip this one in.
0: Wouldn't surprise me. And I can promise you, watching, Nick had not seen that. He had not seen that before.
1: It was just a look about him,
0: the way he was over that. He was eyeing that off like he wouldn't believe. Ah, uh, There we go. Beautifully done in commentary, by the way, by our very own Nick Ahern, calling the chip in on the 8th of Richard Green, who ended up uh, going on to win the 2022 Australian PGA Seniors Champion um, and was made to earn it uh, over the last sort of five or six holes, Nick. Yeah, he certainly was. He, uh, he was playing
1: beautifully over that front nine, turned in five under, was six under through 12, had a five-shot lead with six holes to go, and then a bit of a hiccup, which we'll talk to Richard, I guess, a little bit about, but he ended up with a fabulous birdie. Uh, closing with about a 12-footer on the last to beat Andre Stoltz by a shot and his fourth win of the year. It's been very impressive.
0: Absolutely. He's doing some very good things on Seniors Tour in Europe and Australia. He's been good enough to jump on the line with us. Richard, hello to you.
2: Yeah, good day, guys. How are you going? Well,
0: we're very well. Congratulations. Um, just must feel nice to just string wins together at very regular intervals this year.
2: Yeah, it has been. Yeah, thanks very much for that. It's... Um you know, to go over to Europe in my first year, first season on the senior tour and and have the success that I've had has been uh, been an amazing feeling. That's for sure. Very very rewarding. And then and then obviously to come back here and and take out two of the biggest events on our Legends Tour here in Australia has been um, been uh, very satisfying. That's for sure.
1: Uh, congrats, Greeny, That was amazing. And I I got a, a very close up and personal look at the at the weekend golf and. And it, it just doesn't look as though anything's changed, mate. I mean, you're swinging it beautifully, putting it beautifully. Uh, the rhythm to the game is, is really impressive. I, I guess, the, you know, one of the obvious questions that I have for you is you, you were playing so nice, 6-under uh, through 12, and I noticed something similar, I guess, happened on the Saturday where you played that front nine really well, and then the back nine, it just slipped away a little bit on you on the Saturday, and something sort of similar happened on the Sunday. Is it just that it didn't really fit your eye, that back nine?
2: Uh, yeah, a little bit of that. I think, Nick, um, you know, I got to, you know, I went out and had a practice round early in the week on a Wednesday and I've actually played the back nine first. And I, I got round to the 13th hole and the 14th hole and I just found them really awkward. Um, and I didn't play them well in the first two rounds at all. You know, I bogeyed 13. Um, well, obviously bogeyed it every day in the end, whereas I actually thought that I played 13 really well off the tee and into the green, um Two great shots on Sunday. Um, I thought I'd sort of, I thought i sort of got on top of it of what I felt was awkward. Um, but obviously, you know, to, to then to then sort of have a um, to three putt from such a short range really was 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 a bit of a bit of a rattler, if you like, and and it kind of just put me put me on the back foot a little bit. I was a bit shocked, you know, I put so much effort into playing the whole well from tee to green that to let it go like that on the green was it was a bit disappointing. But, um, no, I, f- I found the back nine a bit more challenging than the front nine. Um, it, it just sat that way for me. You know, it was difficult difficult little stretch, 13, 14, 15. And um, and, and, and probably standing on 13T, you know, I thought, geez, if I can get through the next three holes with pars, I, you know, it's pretty much sewn it up. But unfortunately, you know, when you start thinking about score, you know, you're, you're probably not in the right mindset.
1: Yeah, it's funny how that always works. As soon as you think you've got it, all of a sudden it creeps back up on you. But uh, I mean, even. It's amazing. It, yeah, yeah, you still had that lead going into 16. Obviously, Stoltz, he just doesn't go away, that guy. He's pretty streaky, and he made a nice birdie there. And then on 17, you almost came unstuck, whether you hit the tree a couple of times, but you ended up making a good yeah. bogey. Now, you tied for the lead coming down the last, and i got to hand it to you. The wedge you hit in there was beautiful, and standing over that putt, I mean, when it went in, the, the emotion you must have felt would have been pretty cool, I'm sure
2: yeah considering you know what had just unfolded you know the holes previously and, and sort of the little bit of unraveling of such good golf from all the way back to the 13th hole um you know to stand on that 18th uh over that part you know i was obviously as nervous and as you could imagine and as much tension as you ever felt in my career and, and to actually uh you know stand there in that moment and and do your best to pull off a good stroke and 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 hit the ball down the line, Uh, you know, I was so relieved to see it go in the hole. it was was a complete release of emotion, that's for sure. Uh,
0: We're speaking to Richard Green on Off the Tee, Sam Hargraves, Nick Ahern, with a man that uh, last week won the New South Wales Senior Open in Albury, and then this week uh, has won the Australian PGA Seniors Champion. Two other wins this year uh, on the European Seniors Championship circuits. I've been a very good 2022. But Richard, I want to go back to 1997 um, and do a little bit of memory lane with you. Um, Your first ever win, Nick and I were talking about a little earlier, the Dubai Desert Classic in March of 97. Um, You shot a 70-68-66-68. You had a playoff victory that day uh, to win that tournament, your first professional tournament on the European Tour, and just happened to beat a couple of blokes that had done a little bit in golf, a couple of major winners in Greg Norman and Ian Woosnam. Can you take us back to your memories of, of that day? yeah look it's uh, look thanks for taking me
2: back it's um uh, uh, you know i'm i'm sort of right there at the moment it was it was an amazing uh it was an amazing week over there you know from the moment i actually literally arrived in dubai and you know nickel you know nickel agree with me you know the 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 course there at the emirates is just always in unbelievably good condition and you know i i got there felt very comfortable at the start of the week you know the game was was in great shape and obviously you know, the greens were as beautiful as I'd ever putted, I'd putted on anywhere um, and and just felt really good about my game. Um, it just was one of those weeks that fell into place. And then obviously, you know, for it to unfold the way it did, um, I distinctly remember the 18th hole and coming down the 18th hole and I... And I had a you know, a second shot to hit it on the green and, and um you know, got it over the back of the green for two on a par five and then and then sort of made a mess of it a little bit from there. I sort of left my chip shot short on the fringe of the green and then had the worst putt downhill left to right to, to sort of even just make the playoff. Um and this putt, you know, would have had six feet of break on it, was as fast as anything and, you know, probably could have gone in the water if it had a missed. But it just made, it just I made it. I got it in the it went in the hole, and and obviously then I'm in a playoff with two of the world's best players at the time. You know, Greg Norman was number one in the world, and and Woozy was 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 pretty, you know, he was right there knocking on the doorstep of you know number two or three in the world at the time, playing great. And you know to to, to go down that first playoff hole with those guys and see how um, you know mentally tough and how good they were. Uh, and then, obviously, to beat them, you know, was uh, was amazing. You know, I just was so determined to get it uh, from being in that position that I, you know, I had the opportunity and 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 took it like kind of how I felt on on Sunday. I had an opportunity to win, and it's just a matter of just getting it done.
1: Oh, fantastic, mate! Yeah, you got brilliant. you got to grab those opportunities with, when you can. Um, so four wins this year, obviously playing well. What's next for you? I believe it's Champions Tour School. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, I've got got uh, got this week off. Um maybe just a little bit of practice and, and keep the game ticking over and then I'm on the on the plane to to America on Saturday uh for the Champions Tour first stage of qualifying in uh, in Nevada. Um so you know potentially I'm over there for about 4 weeks in the end the, the final stages in uh Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh <laughs> early early december early uh, I'm, I'm probably back i'd be back in australia on about the eleventh of december uh all being well so yeah look it's a it's for me it's a bit of a it's a, it's a it's a challenge so it's going to be a hard test probably one of the hardest tests i've probably ever faced in my career to to get over there it's you know very very limited amount of spots uh a lot of players um it's it's gonna be you know Uh, you know, I liken it to probably climbing Mount Everest if you like. You know, you've got to get to base camp, you know, then obviously then you've got to, you know, climb the rest of the way up the mountain. So, you know, if I can, you know, take one step at a time and and do what I do and do what I love doing and hitting good golf shots and hitting good putts, you know, uh, I'm hoping that's going to be enough to take care of it.
0: Uh, Richard, it's been great catching up with you. If we had more time, and we'll save this for next time, because next time we go down memory lane with you, It'll be two thousand and seven, uh, the Open when you came tied for fourth yeah. with Ernie Els, sixty four on the final day. If you don't mind, Padraig wow. and and Sergio Padraig uh, ended up getting it. Um, I, I'd imagine that's stirring up some memories for you as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. You take me straight back there to, to Carnoustie. It's, uh, you know, that was another great week, and another. You know, there's been multiple great weeks in my career, and it's been. Uh, you know, a, a, a really good journey and a lot of fun so far. Nice to be um, be able to reminisce a little bit, that's for sure.
0: Uh, well, we'll do it in much more detail next time we speak to you. Congratulations on the win on the weekend, the win the weekend before that, and the other wins uh, this year as well. Good luck to everything to come. Thanks so much for your time.
1: Thanks, Greenie.
2: Good on you, guys. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Uh, Richard Green there, great to hear about his recent success, Nick, and then great to just go back and, and relive those moments. It's always nice, special. To go,
1: it's nice to go back down memory lane, isn't it? And what an outstanding player he is. I mean, he's reached a career higher of 29 in the world, Yep. He won the Australian Masters, the Vic Open. He's won three times on the DP World Tour. But as he said, his biggest challenge is actually coming up. The Champions Tour, to get a card on that US Seniors Tour is one of the hardest cards to get. And the way he's playing... I don't see. Well, I don't. You know, he's he's going to have to have his all his game working at the highest level. But I don't can't see why he wouldn't get a card over there.
0: Now, this is the Champions Tour, right? Exactly. So just just to give you an idea, uh, so Bernard Langer won on the I weekend know, from Steve Alker, who's really having a good run of oh. it there. Rod Pampling, uh, Mark Hensby, and Stuart Appleby are there as well, but. Um, there's it's some of the who's who in, oh. in the history of golf. A lot of Hall of Famers over there. I mean, yeah. Freddie Couples the other week, he shot 60. Yes. He's a
1: 63-year-old. Bernard Langer just won again, and he's 65. I mean, this guy's just German engineering. It's incredible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, uh, when we come back, the ping how to play your best golf tip of the week uh, and the big swing golf course of the week as we wrap it up on Off the Tee for another week. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Uh, Time for the Ping Play Your Best Golf tip of the week. Use Ping Golf Equipment so you can play your best. Nick O'Hearn's book is called How To Play Your Best. He has uh, a long affiliation with Ping Golf. Ping Golf Equipment is custom engineered, custom fit, and custom built for you to play your best. So this is all synergy Nick, uh, I've got another one for you this week. Okay, far away. So, I was playing the other day and I was getting very frustrated with my inability to be able to get the ball on my approach with my wedges to be able to grip and spin back. I couldn't get any backspin at all. So I was land mm-hmm. and, and and this was I was landing it where I wanted to. But just, but just, it just wasn't finishing. Just wasn't finishing where I wanted to. So I had step one down. I had the range of where I, I had my number. Okay. I just couldn't get so, it to come back. So we're talking about
1: shorter sh- uh, chip shots, or we're we talking about more fuller wedge shots. You can go either, but okay. with, with uh, so you just want to create a bit of spin on the I, ball. I just
0: could not create any okay. revolution <laughs>
1: on well, the ball. Number one, yeah, need a bit of skill. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. Well, and that's you, that, all we have time for today. It, it, <laughs> it does help. Number two, yeah, clean grooves. Okay, you got to have yes. clean grooves. So get the tee out and and scrape those grooves because old toothbrush. Yeah, a lot of people say to me, I can't get any spin. I look at their grooves and and they're just full of dirt. Okay, mm. so that's really important. Now, if it's a say it's a pitch or a chip shot something like that, you want the most lofted club if you want to create a bit of spin because if you're going to use a pitching wedge or a nine iron, iron or something like that, you're not really going to get much spin because you're not you know, accelerating mm. through the ball that much. Whereas get the 60 degree or the highest lofted sand iron. That's what got. I've got. There you go. Okay. And with the setup, so the keys in the setup, feet nice and close together. If you're a right-handed golfer, you want get, to get your feet nice and square and mm-hmm. then turn your left foot out. Okay. Cause what that does is it opens up your front hip, your left hip. Uh. So that way you're able to rotate through the ball. Now, yes. next thing is just lean a little bit of weight into your left side and we want to keep our weight there, okay? Because then what that does is it helps us feel as though we're going to strike down into the ball a bit more. I'd say what's happening with you is on the way through the ball, you're kind of bottoming out a little bit early, so you're trying to lift the ball. We don't want to lift the ball when we chip. The club will do it for us. So keep your weight on your left side, okay? A good little drill is to either use a towel or use an alignment stick. I put it behind the ball maybe four or five inches, okay, and then try and chip the ball without touching the stick on the ground, but we're going to hit... Down into the ball, and maybe even take a little bit of turf after the ball, not before.
0: Ah, you're taking.
1: Is, I'm taking it before. before yes. Yeah. yeah. So you're trying to lift the ball. Your weight's quite not in the right spot, and you're maybe not turning through the ball as so well. So I'm not
0: getting the compression. Exactly. Compression's
1: the word. Exactly. Right. Now, uh, the backswing, the follow through. You want to try and match those. That you know, in length and also in speed. You can accelerate a little bit through the ball if you have a longer shot, because then that'll obviously help create that compression, that speed. In that regard, for a longer wedge shot, same deal, except, you know, you're going to have a bit of a wider stance, still lean a little bit of a weight into the left side because we want that downward strike. It's the downward strike that creates the spin on the ball. The other thing is use a ball that tends to spin a bit more. You know, if we use a hard ball, well, it's going to be very hard to create Mm. that spin as well, but it's all about that compression, striking down on the ball, not trying to lift the ball. If you lift the ball, it's not going to work out. You're going to sort of come into a bit too shallow and you're not going to compress the ball with the club face.
0: That is brilliantly done. Uh, the book, Nick Hearns, How to Play Your Best Golf, he does so, and by a large degree, in using pin golf equipment so that he and you can play your best. Pin golf equipment is custom engineered, custom fit, and custom built for you to play your best. Uh, now, where are we going this week? All thanks to Big Swing Golf, our feature course of the week, Big Swing Golf, the best golf simulator that you can attend. Uh, bigswinggolf.com.au, Big Swing Golf, indoor golf, real fun Fast. They are all around uh, the up and down the Eastern Seaboard. Just get on the website to find where is the one closest to you. Christmas parties, family events. They've got their own league. They do other sports there. The feature course this week, there's over 80 courses you can play. Some of the best in the world, Nick. Which one are we going to that you've played in real life? In real life. Well, we're going to go to somewhere because we were talking about
1: Tiger Woods earlier because he's got this new match coming up. I thought oh, let's go somewhere that he dominated. And that's Tory Pines, the oh. south course in San Diego, Southern California. He won eight times around there, seven regular tour events, and then he also won the 2008 U.S. Open, where he held that famous putt on the last green down the hill on the Poa Greens. It was late in the day. They were bumping around a little bit, rolled that putt in to get into a playoff with Rocco Mediate, and then he beat him in uh, an extra 18. It might even be 19 holes the next day, I believe. So uh, he's won around there many times. Jason Day's won around there twice. Mark Leishman, great course for the Aussies, but you're going to love the views that you're going to see on the simulator. The front nine, especially, there's a couple of holes. I think it's around five or six, which goes along the coastline, the Pacific Ocean. And then you turn the corner again, you get out. There's a couple more holes on the back nine. But then when you come to the 18th, that famous par five, you've got to make a decision. Do I go for it over the pond or do I lay up, hit the wedge on like Tiger did at the US Open and hold the birdie putt? It's a
0: magnificent
1: golf course. Love it.
0: Torrey Pines, world famous, iconic course, iconic moments. And you can play it at Big Swing Golf. Uh, Big Swing Golf, it's indoor golf. It's real. It's fun. It's fast. Bigswinggolf.com.au. That's our feature course of the week. Nick, we're pretty much out of time. But if people wanted a visual of what I was asking you before, uh, the PGA Tour Instagram account, this is also what had it uh, front of mind for me. Colin Morikawa um, does exactly what I have no, had no, got nowhere near doing. A chip on that spun back and just landed about half an inch uh, in front uh, of the hole uh, on the WWTA at Myakuba. Um,
1: I'll have to check that one out on Instagram, is it?
0: Yeah, it is. And okay. you can check us out. Uh, the podcast will be up sen.com.au if you missed any of it. Uh, we'll be back again next week, Nick. Until then, we'll see you then. See you.
1: And in another week, Sam, look
0: forward See to it. See you in another week. Make sure you get out and have a hit, and you can always get in touch with us as well at any time throughout the course of the show. We'll speak to you next week. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free, and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au.
1: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP-01005.